Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Love Yourself Without Likes. My name is Molly Seggy, and today I'm here with Rabbi Moshe Alfar of Young Israel of Hollywood and or Katsushiva High School of Boca Raton. Was that a good enough introduction? Hey, what's up? I think that was a pretty respectful introduction. That was great. That was very professional, and that was, I'm, in, I'm impressed, um, so, so I think it was good. I think the listeners are going to really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm impressed I didn't trip over my words because that was no. Great. You did great. You really did great. Thank you. So first, rather motion Alfar, do you want to just explain to us what those roles entail, what you do, who you are? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I am. I'm a rabbi. I'm an educator, uh, a teacher. I, I, I consider myself beyond like all the titles and various things, like a rebbe, just an educator, um, teaching Torah, learning Torah. So I teach in Katsushiva High School. Um, I, I teach all the grades, I teach Judaic studies, I've been involved with student council, um, and taking on some different roles for this coming year. Um, but teaching is what I, what I've always done. And in the shul, Young Israel of Hollywood, so I'm one of the rabbis in the shul and I speak and I teach and I'm involved with, you know, rabbinic, uh, rabbinic life uh, in some way. Um, but again, like with, with, if I were to boil it all down, I'm just, I'm someone, uh, who wants to teach and learn Torah with uh with all different kinds of people and so I, I i try to do that and thank god i've been given a lot of opportunity to do that mm-hmm. and uh Baruch Hashem, i'm having uh i'm having the i'm having a really great time doing it amazing i'm very happy to hear that so we're going to be talking about from his from i want to hear from your perspective what you see as an educator and as someone who's like vital to the, like our community especially how you see sh- social media affecting I guess the Jewish high school experience, whatever that means. So I just wanted to ask as an overarching question, what in Judaism would tell us that modern social media is good or bad? Obviously it's not as like, it's, that's a very blatant, blatant statement, but you know, what are the perspectives that Judaism can give us about social media? So I think it's, it's a really good question considering that social media takes on such a huge portion of our lives and Judaism for the uh, the connected Jew uh, takes up a, the largest portion of our life as well. And what's the overlap? I think that at its core, you know, social media, if I was going to de- like kind of define it, would be about connecting people, right? That's really what what it what it what it is and what it should be, mm-hmm. right? It's about connecting people from all over the world, whether regardless of where you live, um, you can know what each other is doing, what you're listening to. Um, where you are, what you're eating. And it's like, even though those are like super, you know, I guess like shallow points to be talking about, um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like connecting the world together in in some way. I think that in terms of Judaism, um, Judaism is about connection and sharing and seeing and, and having like that positive, uh, that positive feeling towards something, right? We know the notion of that, of that, that a, Jew is, a Jew is supposed to share their experience. A Jew is supposed to share their Torah with um, with other people. Um, a Jew is supposed to like spread that positivity, and the idea that that a Jew should also be spreading, I would call it, like God consciousness mm-hmm. to the rest of the world in terms of right. If I have a relationship with Hashem and I have a consciousness of God in my life, so I want to spread that and share that, right? Because if it's changing my life in the positive, so why would I want to keep that to myself, right? If I have something great going on in my life. Um, I don't want to be selfish about it. By definition, I, I really would want to share. I think that Judaism, Judaism is very much um, a proponent of that of that feeling. 
Um, and social media at its core is also about sharing something positive, sharing something good, sharing something that's like going on in my life. So I think from an overlap standpoint, you really have like a really deep connection, um, you know, between the two. Does it manifest itself that way all the time? Not, not, not always. I mean, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this more of like where it manifests itself in the negative. But if Judaism is about spreading, um, if it's about, about, about being not only the example of Hashem, but sort of sharing the, the, the feeling of Akadosh Baruch in this world through his Torah, through his, through his words, through his mitzvot and spreading that, um, one of the greatest mediums to do that would tell you it's social media, uh, regardless of which outlet you're doing it through. Um, so I don't think Judaism would say that social media is bad per se. Um, I think that much like anything holy in this world, it's got a shell around it that could be bad, right? The fruit inside is is great, but the shell around it, the peel, you have to kind of get through to get to the goodness inside. And I think that maybe that's the way Judaism would discuss, um, you know, if we were going to, you know, to define if social media is good or bad, is that it can be great. It just it has a very thick shell, um, right? The idea of as, as great as something is, right? The counter, like the counter part to that would be the shell that you'd have to break through to get to it. Um, and I think that's what we'd be, that's that's how Judaism would view social media. And we see that all the time, right? We like, you know, we we we, we see the goodness that it could bring and we also see the difficulty that, that it could bring. So I think Judaism, I mean, as in my personal opinion, I think that it's, it thinks that social media can be a really good thing, um, not inherently a, you know, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I, I like that a lot. What would you, when you were talking about social media's shell, the hard shell around it, what would you consider that the social media? So I think the shell would be, and I think that the interesting thing about this is that it doesn't just affect one demographic of someone involved in social media, whether you're a kid, a teen, an adult, the shell would be like, getting caught up in like the the outer getting caught up in like what you see as opposed to realizing and knowing there's something deeper judaism is obviously a a dedication to something deeper something something realer something that you have to work for it's not just what you see is what you get we understand that we look at the the world around us and within the beauty of the world around us there's something that's that's behind all that there's an author there's a kaddish baruch but we don't just get caught up in the scene in the physical in like what we can see or touch or feel like we know there's something much much deeper um beyond that and with social media the the shell would be that the means are the end and that the what you see is exactly what it is and therefore like there's nothing else to talk about and that we see like you know we understand that all social media for the most part is a highlight reel right? The great family picture is just like the one out of the trillion in which it never really goes that way, right? The, that one, that one, you know, story, which is like someone on vacation on like this beautiful view, right? That took a hike to get there. And like, um, someone on like, I don't know, a picture like on the beach or on a boat, they also get like violently seasick. Like no one's stories about that because like, that's like too real. That's like real life. No one wants to see that. Yeah. Right. So we get caught up in like what we see and like that's the shell. I think that in order to really engage with something deeper and something realer, you gotta real you gotta like really realize and like it takes it takes work like to know like this isn't it, like there's more to it. And I think that's where you get the like the I don't know, like the mismatch between mm-hmm. something deep and something real, 
versus like something that can be used as a vehicle just to show you something without explaining or giving a context behind it when we want as humanity a context we want we want to know what's what's what what lies beneath whatever i'm seeing and social media is not the i'd say best proponent of that i think that's the shell i think that's really what what a person needs to sort of break through in order to get the idea of connection and communicate and communication in something like social media mm-hmm. that's really interesting all i think when you said that analogy of the family picture I cannot stop thinking about your family picture before myself painting. Yeah. <laughs> the best picture. Um, For sure. That's yeah. what I mean. I was just at a wedding and weddings are, there's tons of pictures at weddings, obviously. And when you have like little kids and pictures, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a nightmare. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, I just got some of these pictures back and they're gorgeous pictures of my family. But if someone would just know the, like the heartache that, 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 that had to happen <laughs> in order to get that picture. Right they would be like, oh, they're like, obviously that. And like, that's uh-huh. what I remember. Meaning, so the deepness that I'm connected to in that picture is not what people are seeing. They're seeing like, oh, that's such a beautiful family. It's so nice, wedding, yeah. all the time. For me, I'm remembering the whole entire experience and that's the nightmare. deepness. Uh-huh. And it's, it, it, you know, it is it is what it is like that. But um, but yeah, yeah, that picture from Pesach was great. Yeah, best picture ever. Um, so as an educator, what trends have you seen in your students throughout the years as like different social media outlets have, become more popular and even in like your experience growing up as social media started to become popular so like i i think to like when i was growing up and i was a teen so obviously none of this existed right there's um there was none of this facebook came at my space was out when i was in high school mm-hmm. and that was not like anything <laughs> like social media now it was more of like a page of something a picture like who you were Facebook came out already, I think my first year in Israel. Mm-hmm. And that like was that blew up like pretty much immediately in terms of connecting people. Um and just knowing more about what's going on with people and what's going on with like demographics of people. That was like super helpful, I think, to humanity. I think that was really nice just to know what was happening. Certainly in the beginning, to know that, you know, you had family members doing this and to know that you um you know, you had a friend from high school now who's there. Like I can't, I had tons of friends who I had in high school who like a few years later due to Facebook, I knew they were doing that and doing this. That was really, really nice. Just like sort of having a quick little window into other people, um, which again could also, I would say like quickly, like go down the path of like straight up stalking, which is like not great, obviously. <laughs> um, but the window that it provided for people into their, you know, friends' lives and families' lives they don't otherwise see was something really, really nice. But as it, as time went on and we got more of an insight and I think like more, that window got bigger into people's lives. So we ended up going into this whole idea of like, we, we were like connected to people, but like we weren't communicating with people, right? And I think that's what that's um, what Dr. Palkovich says from IU that this era that we're in is like, we're very connected. Like I know exactly what's going on with them and with her and with him and all these other other people, but like, I'm not actually communicating with them. Like, I, I don't need to, like, I know you just had, you know, dessert on a boat in Italy. Like, I know you did that. So like, why should I have to ask like, oh, where are you? How's it going? How was your vacation? Right. It almost like, I almost like I fulfilled the need to know what you're doing. Cause I saw one little insight into where you are and what you're doing. And that just got like stronger and stronger. And I think that what it's led to now, just seeing in the past, bunch of years like even like like when snapchat became uh, a medium used and instagram evolved into what it is now and we obviously have moved away from facebook 
Um, even in like, you know, WhatsApp is used as like the main social media um, outlet for like certain communities, like seeing everything that's happened is like, obviously it's led to like a lot of distraction. I think that that is like the given, obviously we're all more distracted. Like we're all involved in our phone. Like that, that's been an issue for, for a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that what happens, unfortunately, sometimes like more outlets can lead to like more judgment. I think that that happens a lot. Like we see she's doing that and he's doing this and they're doing this. And like, sometimes my, my, my knee jerk reaction to seeing that is, is like judgment. I think I've seen that a lot more happening of that. There's this quick, like, oh, they're doing that. Like, oh, I didn't know they're doing that. And like, there's already that like negative sort of association with whatever they're doing. Um, I, I think it's led to like, like a dismissiveness in young people that, that, I mean, also in adults, what I mean by that is that, you know, there's this whole notion of like swiping, or like double tap, liking it, swiping, whatever it is. And I don't have to think as hard. I don't have to like even reflect as much. And I don't need, like, I don't need to really like be involved with whatever I'm looking at or thinking about or edu- educating myself on. And that leaves just like a quickness of mind mm-hmm. that, that when I do need to think about something and I, and I need to like, we see this in school and class a lot. And I do need to like, I don't know, probe a little bit more into whatever material I'm learning or trying to learn. I just want to really get it done. Not because, not because like I have something really cool to do or like I need to get this done so I can go out there and like hang out with them. It's like, no, I need to get this done because I'm not used to pushing my brain and my heart as much to like engage with this material because since so much of my time is on my phone and on social media and because I, it's so, it's so like, I could, I could handle things right away. Swipe, double tap. Like we've all seen TikTok. Like you could be on your for you page for hours and not actually look at anything for more than five seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. And that happens, that happens to all of us, but that, that trains us in a way to like dismiss, to not listen even like think about it in terms of like people to people conversation when they do happen. I mean, I don't know how, I don't, I don't know how to gather this data, but I wonder how long it takes for someone to like really switch off their minds. Again, I hope they're polite and they switch it back on, or at least they pretend to. But like, it makes total sense if they just switched off their mind five seconds in the conversation yeah. and just shook their head and just like, because that's that's what we're used to. That I've seen like really explode um, in 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 teens, in a, in adults. Like, there's this, I don't know, there's um, there's a lack. Like, we don't have that muscle anymore to really engage with something a little bit deeper uh, because we're so used to looking at things almost like very topically in a very like shallow way uh-huh that's really interesting how do you think that we can work on that actively work on that communication and communication skills so i think i, I would love to say like spend less time on social media and see what happens as the mind like sort of like breaks out of those like like the calluses wear away from from mm-hmm. all and the numbness like starts to go away i don't know if that's a real like a real step that we can take i, I don't know if if we can like actively isolate ourselves from social media. My, my gut instinct is to say no. And I think that in that case, I think we actually have to do like real um, work on active listening to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it, I, I think in school, I think in, in a person's work, in their home life, I think it has to be like real activities or real something to like act, sit down with people and actively listen to them. I think that, when a person is reading or studying to, to like take a second and ask themselves, like, do I know what I just read? Do I know what I'm studying? Do I know what I'm looking at? 
um, as opposed to like 20 minutes later saying like, oh, I have no clue what I just read. But like, I know for the past 20 minutes I was, I was reading this. So like, mm-hmm. obviously I read it. I think that we have to take a little bit more time doing these things to help uh, counteract that sense of quickness and dismissiveness that we may have learned from being on social media um, so much. And again, listening in general is always hard. Like listening to someone else talk is always a difficult thing to do. Now we have to like even try harder to like actively listen and like actively um, hear what the other person's saying and, 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 and ask questions and, and just like sort of be there a little more with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also have more people to people interaction. I think that's like the number one thing. I think that um, we have to do that. I, I think that now it's probably a little different, but, you know, there was obviously a conversation, not just in our school, but, you know, across the country of like, do we allow kids to have phones or not during the school day? And there's obviously pros and cons to each, but within that idea was, well, if they, if kids don't have phones, so like they, they have to talk to one another at lunch, at, at free periods. And like, just doing that can already help this whole quickness and dismissiveness and not, and not um, just looking at your phone and just swiping wildly for half an hour um and it how i just on a summer program that like there were certain points in the program we would take away the, the the kids phones and like many of those times the kids said like yeah if we had our phones we would not have engaged with what we were doing at all and that just tells us like maybe we need to do that a little bit so i would say to isolate from social media is probably not going to work because that's where everyone wants to be mm-hmm. um but at certain points to say like okay i'm putting my phone down for this half an hour and i'm going to talk to someone and i'm going to listen and I'm also going to, you know, try my best to like really kind of like be here with this person. I think that that would help um, at least start to move uh, the needle a little bit more um, to fight the problem. Yeah, I think that's also that's why I'm such a huge advocate for Shabbos, advocate for Shabbos is because it's like the most amazing break. And it's also so much easier to take a break away from social media and from your phone and everything when you know that everyone else is doing it with you because then you don't feel alone or you feel FOMO or anything. And that's also why the school did last year or two years ago, they did, they like did a kind of phone fast for like a day. Right. Yeah. So I think that was really interesting that they did that and how people, I think it's so much easier if we all collectively, I mean, that's obviously such a hard thing and you're not going to have it. You're not going to like tell the whole world, like turn off your phone for a day because that's just not going to work. But like in a smaller community in our school where you can kind of control that more, I think that it's important to try and take those kind of breaks. And I've noticed even that, even like when my my friends and I have our phones in school, sometimes we all like agree, like we don't want to be on our phones. We all want to talk. We'll go on our phones, I guess, later. But it's just like during lunch, we none of us are on our phones. I think that like a lot of the time that our phone gives us more appreciation for having face-to-face conversations because we we're not used to it as much. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think everyone, regardless of age, whether you're an adult or you're a teen or a kid, I think everyone sort of recognizes the fact that a, a phone can be a, a, a big a big distraction. Social media can be a big distraction. I don't think people would disagree with that, um, and that's why you know if people can do it on their own volition. I think that like with the phone fast. At a certain point, like all the students were like searching for phones. Again, I don't know if that was because they wanted the incentive. I think of like getting up early or something. I forget what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But like people were saying, like put your phone away. And like, I, I think it did yield the result that the school wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, you know, I think we'd like to see it again. I think that a lot of the kids would like to see that again. I think yeah. that, um, I think that's an important thing to do. But, but again, it has to come from the, from people who like want to do it, who like really want to say like for this hour, like let's just kind of just be here and, and, and talk. Uh-huh. I, I, I love that phone. That was such a good idea. Whoever came up with that deserves a raise because I remember like the, the boys a year older than us would literally go around the school threatening people who were not giving up their phones. A lot of the times when I'm looking and I, it's not even like my friends are like people that I just want to talk to and they're on their phones and it's kind of uncomfortable. It just gives everyone an excuse to talk to each other. And I really like that. Yeah, for sure. I think that sometimes, like with anything good, sometimes you just need a little bit of a push yeah. and taking the phone away and, and doing that can help accomplish, like help accomplish that. I think that's a first, I think that's, that'd be a huge first step. And I think that also in our own personal lives to say like, when you get home from school or work, whatever it is, this first 45 minutes, I'm leaving my phone in the other room and my bag, and I'm going to go um, just like talk to family, hang out with my kids, do this, do that, whatever it is. I think that's also like an important thing. So even in, in, in someone's personal life, um, it's, it's a good, it's a really good beneficial first step to take. Mm-hmm. How have you seen, like, besides for socially, how have you seen students use social media to enhance their scholastic experience? So I think that, like, with what I said before, the, the kids are, like, we're all connected to the world and knowledge now at such an unbelievable level in terms of being able to find out something really, really quickly. You have something like Wikipedia that exists now that, that did not exist when I was, when I was in high school, but literally is a fingertips, like your fingertips are at, you can know anything. It, it's, it's amazing. Um, I remember like growing up when Google was just getting started, which makes you sound, makes you sound way older than I actually am. <laughs> but like, I remember when that started, when I was like, I don't understand like a search engine, like you could type anything in, but like now it's, could you imagine living without Google? Could you imagine living without Wikipedia? So I think to that, um, to that end, just like having the ability to know something mm-hmm. is incredible. And I think that's been incredibly beneficial to someone's education and your, their scholastic um, experience. I think that also social media in terms of there are people now that someone could follow and know about that have like really, really great things to say throughout Instagram and Twitter. And um, and I think that there's these personalities now that people can connect to in a way that may, they may not have been able to, you know, before. Mm-hmm. Um, you could talk to, I mean, does it happen all the time? Maybe not all, not at all, but like you just have a much more, you have an inside window into people that you see um, either in, in, in the religious world, in the academic world, mm-hmm. um, in the athletic world, that now you could just like sort of know more about them, which which I think can be a beneficial thing. Now you hear the nasty side of that when people are saying, well, wh- why, why do I care what they have to say? They are, they are a scientist. I don't care what they have to say about religion or vice versa they're they're a priest or rabbi why do i care what they have about science um they're a hockey player why do i have to, why do i care what they say about you know global warming so that's like one way to look at it like stay in your lane but i look at a much more holistic sense of like now we have an insight to people and i think that's a really a beneficial thing in terms of appreciating humanity so aside from you know having having connection to knowledge at an unbelievable level right now you have a you have an ability in to have an insight into into, the, into people that you may not have had before, um, mm-hmm. in terms of real people, real leaders, real 
you know, um, real um, people that we look up to uh, that we never had before. I think it's really important for teens growing up in this world, for students growing up in this world. And as they find out who they are, they now have the ability to see like, maybe there is someone who is inspiring to me that like, I like now I know more about them. And I, I look even, I look up to them more now, now that I know, now that I see what they're about via social media, or I could say to myself, like, oh my gosh, that's what they're about. They are not so much in my, like, I don't really look up to them as much, which is an also an important thing to do as well, to know what you're about via the people you look up to or what you're not about via the people you no longer look up to. I think that's, that's an incredible um, thing that we have now, a tool that we have now that we just, you know, didn't have, um, didn't have before. And not to mention all these things we use now, and this is more of a technology thing of like that we can use to enhance our, um, our educational process that goes on with students being able to connect with other students in the world that we just never had before. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to connect with a school here or a school there, connect with a sister school in Israel, whatever it may be. I think that's a great thing of bringing, you know, bringing students together to realize that although we may be in different places and different schools and different demographics, where we can also bond over the fact we're both learning about, you know, covalent bonds, or we're both learning about Hemingway, or both learning about this particular Gemara. I think there's something really, really nice about that. Like back in the day, it was like pen pals. Like I had a pen pal in second grade in Portland. And like now, and like we wrote each other and we get a letter like every month. Now it's like far much, it's like far closer, deeper, like, which is, I think is a really, really um, great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously there's like, I think there's another side to it as well, but focusing on the positive, I think all those things ha- are really, really great for today's students. Mm-hmm. The Jewish geography has been crazy ever since social media connects everyone. Everyone knows everyone. Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Now, how many times do we say like, like, I feel like I know this person and then you are yeah. able to like see who's following them and mm-hmm. you're like, oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah. I know this person. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, as opposed to before we have to ask them like, Hey, you know, this and this, now we can just look like who's following them on Instagram and we can like, oh yeah, we run in the same circles. Uh-huh. <laughs> Besides for, you said that you, you just gave us like the positive outlook on social media and students' scholastic experience, but what are the like, how is it detrimental to their work sometimes besides for not actively, like you were saying before, not actively being able to read something for so long or have an attention span? So I think the main thing is something that I mentioned before. I think there's like a shallowness uh, to the learning experience. I think that, you know, I liken it to, you know, Twitter recently, I think the past six months put on uh, a control on Twitter that if you're going to retweet an article, they ask you, do you want to read the article first if you didn't read it yet? And I found it hilarious, but also very sad at the same time of like, obviously the impetus for that was that people are retweeting so much nonsense that Twitter had to say like, hey, maybe you want to read this and know what's going on before you have an opinion on it or share that opinion on it. Um, So I I think that that's indicative of, of, of that shallowness of, I don't really know it, but like I have an opinion on it. Uh-huh. Well, it, it's interesting that a person can feel like they have an opinion on something. Clearly, their their heart is in involved with whatever topic this is, which is a good thing. But then to have an opinion on it without knowing what you're talking about, that's where things get super muddled and dangerous, even where a person says, like, I have an opinion on this. Let me share this. I don't know what it says. Uh-huh. I mean, that is exactly that's like the, the, the paradigm of intellectual dishonesty. And yeah. I think that we're almost like breeding that of, you know, like, oh, I know this. I don't really know it. 
Like, I think yeah. that that's, that that's a huge problem. Um, and again, it's, it's, we, we, I think we're becoming less and less disciplined uh-huh. in, in, in learning and educating ourselves. Besides the fact that there's so much misinformation out there in the world, where that's like the opposite side of the coin, right? Of there's so much knowledge out there. It's amazing, but there's also so much unknowledge, so to speak out there that like uh-huh. you could really get confused and it's, you know, it's really unfortunate. Um, so besides for that challenge, also like even with the knowledge, just like actually take the time to know and to learn and to then use that. Um, I think that we have to work on that discipline a little more and work out that muscle a little bit stronger because like just just because I could find something so quickly doesn't mean I could learn it and know it so quickly. And I think that's the that's the disconnect. I think that's the test that we're we're so spoiled in that I can know something immediately or I could find. I could find something immediately. I just assume I could also know it immediately. And when I don't know it immediately, I get frustrated and I can push it aside and say like, it's not worth it. Or I can pretend like I know it and retweet it when I haven't really read the article. I think that that could be, and I think that that's like the new plagiarism on, st- on steroids type of thing. Like when I was growing up and, and it still exists today, plagiarism. Like I take someone's ideas my own and I just put their stuff in my essay or my thought, whatever. Um, but now it's like, I could, I could pretend I know something or I can, I could retweet something or I could share something on Instagram or, or, or in Snapchat and like, yeah, I really stand for this, but like, do I really stand for it? Do I really know what it's saying? Like, and that is that I've seen many people, adults, teens, like really, really, really fail, uh, mm-hmm. at that. And I want to say this because like, everyone's heart is in the right place. Their heart connects to that topic. Their heart is involved in some way uh, with this particular article, opinion, person, whatever it is. But that's not, that's not the be all end all. Like, I can't just say like, like, oh yeah, I'm all about that. Yeah, but what does that mean? And mm-hmm. I think that's where we, uh, people, people get confused. And that I think is the other side. Uh, here of that whereas you have a lot of positives for the educational and scholastic experience the negative here would be that that the discipline is no longer there Um, there's certainly more of an ability to pretend that you know something and pass it off as your own and to pass and have an opinion on things when you are not as involved or educated really as you as you should be that Mm -hmm. that that's a problem and we all want to be real and we all want to be educated we all want to be educated and be intellectually honest and like be real with ourselves. And I, I don't think there's anyone in this world that would disagree to that, to that. Everyone wants to be that, but, but if we have such an ability and such an opportunity to, to not do that, mm-hmm. then we get caught up in a pattern of bad behavior. And at a certain point, person can ask themselves, like, do I really even know what I'm talking about? Do I really even care about this anymore? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, the slippery slope that, that people can go on when they are not, you know, when they're retweeting without reading the article, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So as a student, how can I train myself to be disciplined? So I think that number one, a person needs to have uh, teachers. Mm-hmm. A person needs to have like, and I think we have that in Judaism, right? The idea of, of a Masora and, and a Tarshav Alpeh that is transmitted from person to person. People could become Tamidi Chacham now and never even talk to a person. They can go online. They can, they can, they can have videos. They can do that. In terms of Torah, we've never had so much Torah being learned 
mm-hmm. also because of this past year with COVID and having like technological mediums now that can teach Torah, it's wonderful. But the idea that we have, there has to be a student and there has to be a teacher, there has to be a Talmud or a Talmidah and, and the Rebbe or a Mora, there has to be that connection for real education to happen. So I think that the number one thing is, and, and thankfully we have school, right? And and there there has to be a transmission. There has to be a a teaching and a learning. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's from the teacher to the student. It goes both ways in terms of teaching and learning. That's the first step that, and school with God's help, like takes care of that for, for students. Um, I think that's number one to have, to have teachers, but even outside of the classroom of being able to, you know, go to a teacher, go to a Nora, go to someone, a mentor and, and, and learn um, is really, really important. I think that already sort of breaks this, this mold of like, Everything I, I learn, everything I know comes from what I'm being, what I'm seeing online, whether it be on social media or in news resources, mm-hmm. um, which is important. Don't get me wrong, but if like that's all I am in terms of what I'm taking in, so I, then you get up, then you get caught up in the problem. But mm-hmm. if I'm already saying like, let me learn from people, let me let me connect to people, and then the content that I'm learning now just comes alive a little bit more because it's coming from a live person. I think that I think that's the I think that's the number one. Um, you know, number two, read the article. You know what I mean? Like that, that's like, that's like an easy thing. It's like Twitter asks me, do you want to read the article? I should say, you know what? Yes, I should read the article, right? That's like, and it seems silly to say that, but it has to be said clearly because Twitter has a question like that. So like read the article, um, obviously be educated, obviously like know where to look and know what kind of biases you're seeing and whatever news resource you you're, you're, you're getting from and, and to be to be resourceful to to know to to search for the truth um that's really what it's all about to search right to never to never be completely satisfied with what you're reading and what you're seeing that's not to say to be skeptical and to never believe anything but there should be like a healthy a healthy you know dose of of continuing to search and continuing to look through um you know look through whatever whatever's out there to like become educated in in something. So I think that's also, you know, an important, uh, an important trait to have. So I think those three people read it and then continue searching are, are, I think, three major things. And I think your last point really speaks to what Judaism is all about, about kind of searching for, searching for the right answers and looking for growth and looking to better yourself. That's like one of the core values and one of the, my favorite parts of Judaism. Right. I mean, we, we, we you know, the Torah tells us that Right, the Torah says, "Bikashtem misham." We have to seek from there, and there's, uh, there's, an, it's interesting in that there is always, it's vague. Now, the Torah is in a certain context where it's where it's talking about seeking from a certain place. The fact that the Torah uses the language of sham, I think that that's important to recognize because in our own life, wherever we are, whatever we're learning, there should always be seeking more from wherever there is. Right? If it's if it's math, if it's the if it's the sciences, if it's the arts, certainly if it's Torah. If it's literature, whatever it is, if it's something in a relationship, because the Misham can mean like I'm I'm constantly seeking from there to find more. Now that's not to mean I can never be satisfied. Of course I can be satisfied. I can, I should be able to say at one point mm-hmm. I've learned this. I know this. Great. But I think even then, when a person says I've learned this, I know this. Great. Within them, there's always that fire to wanting to know more. Mm-hmm. So it, a person is always is always learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, always seeking. I think is uh, is an important. Uh, is an important value. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not sure if this, this kind of ties into self-love, but how can people practice self-love using Judaism? So I think that at, at its core, I think that, you know, self-love is, is about, you know, taking the time to, to recognize that number one, like you, I need the time to reflect. I need the time to, or something to like, kind of focus on myself, mm-hmm. right? To realize that, to be able to say like, take a breath, whether within school, within a profession, within whatever it is, take a breath and, and remember that I need to take, I need to take time. I need to reflect. I need to realize that I'm important enough to, to do those things. Or we get so caught up in school where I need to work really hard or at my job, I need to work really hard or I need to be doing this and be doing that. And all those things are very important, but I also have to realize that I'm important enough that I, I need to take time and, and, and reflect on what I'm doing and who I am. I think Judaism certainly is, is about reflection, right? The idea of, 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 of tefillah is about davening and communicating with Hashem. The idea of, you know, Rabbi Nachman talks about it, but the idea of hispotidus and, and, and meditating in, in, in a reflective way of, of sitting alone and thinking and speaking and talking to God and talking to yourself, I think that Judaism very much believes that every neshama is, is, is worth the time they need to like focus on themselves, right? The idea of that, you know, in life we have value and we have worth, right? Value is what, you know, what I bring to who's around me. I have a value as a brother, I have a value as a teacher, I have a value as a child, I have a value as a worker, as a lawyer, as a doctor, right? But in terms of worth, right? Worth, I, I have I have worth that I need to realize that if my worth, and I realize I have that, then I need to stop and think and reflect and relax in certain points, right? I think that it, it, in in Jewish life, we have to realize that sometimes we need to be able to stop and 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 realize that like if I'm so hyper focused on on service of God and doing and doing and doing right at a certain point I, I will become a robot at a certain point I will be focused on the doing um, or getting things done that I do on like living as a Jew so I think that in order to like you know be involved with self-love be involved in in stopping to realize that Judaism wants that because Baruch who wants us to be happy and healthy and, and and even keeled and regulated. And like, if I'm constantly moving and shaking and doing, then I won't be able to do that. So mm-hmm. I think ingrained in our day, we have the ability to stop and dive in and, 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 and do those things. But I think that we ha- also have to realize that we also have to take time for ourselves, whatever that means. And I think they go together, that, that Judaism is not here to like, like pummel us into the ground. And we have to realize that, you know, I deserve, you know, to feel like I'm happy. I deserve to stop and, and just like relax and, and, and recharge and reflect. Um, you know, it can, and frankly, like it can be really hard to do that in a time where like, you know, my, the, the way I relax and recharge and reflect is like, I just lay down and look at my phone, mm-hmm. right? If anything, like that can actually bring us down even more, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm like, I need to be alone. And I think that, that just tying it into the social media aspect of things like, going on Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok, like may not accomplish those things, right? And I think that if, if I want to do something to, you know, get myself back, you know, in a healthy, in a healthy way and to like really take time for myself, I have to also be able to put my, put my, put my phone down and like not do that. If that's something that's negatively affecting me um, because we, we want to, pers- we want to feel 
happy and healthy. We deserve to feel that way. And um, sometimes social media will not will not do those things. But Judaism, I think for sure, Kadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be right. The first word in the Torah is is uh, you know the first words are Bereshit Bara Elokim, and in the beginning, Kadosh Baruch Hu created, right? And there's an idea that the Kabbalah talks about, or Cook talks about, of that in the beginning that he created everything healthy, Bereshit Bari, that everything was created in a healthy manner. That everything existed um, in, a, in a harmonious in a harmonious way, and as time went on, we kind of got away from that harmony, right? And if anything, we have to bring it back to that healthy standpoint of of humanity getting getting along on a on a on a like on a natural level, on a people to people level, but certainly here, like on a myself level, right? If 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 I feel like I'm not healthy, if I feel like I'm not clicking together, if I feel like I'm I'm, I'm just like disconnected. I'm in pieces. So I, I need to take the time to like, like get myself back together um, in a way. Does that happen in one hour long, like spurt of like, I don't know, reading, sitting outside, going on a walk, whatever it is that I do? Maybe not. But sometimes, you know, telling yourself, I need this time and getting into a mode of doing that is what a person needs to do. Um, whether it be the mental health thing, whatever it is, like, Okay, that's what that, that's really what that's the way the world and life was was created. So I need to be able to say that okay, I need this time. I, I'm worth I'm this. I'm worth more than this. I need to be able to to get myself back um, to that healthy way that I was created. Mm-hmm. That's very beautiful. I like that answer a lot. Um, I was wondering, as not only are you a rabbi and an educator, but you're also a father. So I was wondering from your perspective, how has social media affected raising a family, like a Jewish family? So I think that just in general, the things that that teen, that that quote unquote plague, like the young community in social media, adults go, it's the same thing. I don't think there's like a, a difference in terms of the challenges, um, especially for those of us who grew up with some sort of social media and have now like evolved, like, growing up Facebook and now like we have all the social media outlets that that kids have like I have Twitter I have Instagram my wife obviously has TikTok so like we have all these things so I think the challenges are are the same I think that what it comes with is just maybe thinking a little differently in terms of what those challenges are for instance like like I said like you know we, we it's only a highlight reel so what we see is like if I see my my friend and she's in Italy and, and she's having a great time. And here I am in my house, I'm home for the summer and like, I'm bored out of my mind. I'm like, I'm like jealous already. And sometimes I could even like have that negative feeling towards that picture of like, you know, and that's, sometimes we have the same thing. Like we see family pictures on, on social media and we're like, oh, they have it all together. They're like, you know, and we have these false, these false expectations on ourselves because of what we see on social media in the same way that we all have that, uh, for certain things, but for families, I think we, uh, you know, we we can get sort of like stuck in that mode of like, oh, that family's got it together. They've got it together. Oh my gosh, look at their yontif table. Oh my gosh, like, look at that. Um, I think that we kind of get stuck in that in that judgment also. And again, like I said before, the more the more mediums for social media, you know, the more opportunities, unfortunately, we have to like judge other people, which yeah. is, uh, which is important, like imp- an important challenge to to recognize we're also just as distracted meaning like we're talking about being distracted you know as a 17 year old kid i'm distracted i can't do my you know assignment or this like i'm distracted on my phone and like 
I should be playing with my kids. Like I'm distracted with my phone where like I should be realizing that I'm pushing my kid, you know, on the swing. Um, that's, that's, that's like more high stakes distraction in some way, because like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our kids are growing up and they're growing up with their parents being on their phones. And that, that's a challenge that, that we as parents really need to try our best to, uh, to break through and, and recognize that our, you know, that our kids um, are, are worth far more than anything going on on our phone our spouses as well are worth far more than what's going on on our phone right we say and i've said this to to, to people all the time like if you go out on a date uh whether it be your spouse or the guy or girl you're, you're dating or like and you put your phone on the table right the phone on the table move if you're out to eat right that's 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 issuing a challenge to whoever you're with right of saying like beat my phone right and like spoiler alert like the other person's not going to beat your phone they're just not I don't care who you're eating dinner with. I don't care if it's the president, the prime minister, they're not, because you'll get one innocuous, you know, um, I don't know, uh, a notification from Amazon. And like, it could be about like, you know, you got something shipped and like, already like, oh yeah, that's not interesting. So like, we have to recognize like putting our phone somewhere else, putting our phone in our pocket. I think that's, that's, that's a, that's, that's a big, a big deal. And you know, as as generations grow, things just get more and more intense. What I mean by that is like, like the, me growing up, there was no social media. So like now that I have it, right, my kids are growing up with social media. So when they're my age, who knows how much stronger that that hold will be on their life when they have kids. What's it going to look like? So things get more and more intense as as the years go on. And that's something that we need to consider as parents and even at your age, like as, as a teen growing up, like, when do I put it away? When do I say no? When do I, when do I grant that I can't isolate myself from it at all times? Like, when do I say like, no, it's, it's the phone's going away. Like it, it's not, it's not the time right now besides for Shabbos. Um, so that, that, that makes it a challenge that makes it, that makes it harder. I think that, um, you know, dealing with like keeping up with the Joneses in certain respects, of, like, oh, look at them. They did that for mm-hmm. Sukkot. They did that for Shabbos. They did that for their Shalach Manos. That's so nice. And all of a sudden, like, it could lead to like, you feeling bad about yourself. Um, that's something to break through. And I think that also, um, you know, we have to put more focus in to make sure our kids know that like you are more and our spouses know you are more important than what's going on on my phone. And if that means I have to literally put my phone in another room, then I have to do that. Um, but again, every challenge of that dismissiveness, of that quick learning, of like not wanting to delve deeper, um, I think that that very much exists, and I think it manifests itself as well sometimes into relationships. I don't, and I think that again, that's for teens as well, right? If I'm not getting, if I'm not getting it right away, even in terms of my relationship, I'm not clicking right away. Then like, why is this relationship important to me? Sorry, okay, move aside. Right. And when you have that kind of mentality in relationships, when we're talking about being married, having kids, right? That's not a mentality that 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 is healthy and that needs to be addressed immediately. And I think that that is I wonder if that could be a challenge for for people growing up with social media now when they're of age, uh, when they're getting married and they have relationships. I'm wondering, I hope not, 
Um, but I'm wondering how that crosses over into, into my, into my dedication to relationships. Like if my mind just can't delve deeper because I'm so used to moving, moving, moving. So like, how do I, how am I supposed to have a real a relationship with, uh, with people yeah. that, that I'm not, I'm not sure about. I hope it never gets to that point, but that's something that my, my belief in humanity is too strong for that as well. Yeah. Um, um, that's something that I think is an important value to instill in yourself, especially at a young age, is like being aware of when it's too much and when you need a break, especially like when you have a family and you have more important things to do than be on your phone. And like you're saying, like you're on a date and your phone's on the table and you get a notification from Amazon, like what's more important, you know, the person sitting in front of you or that notification. I think it's, it's, I worry about this all the time, which is super like, it's not even irrational. It's just like, it's not something I should be worrying about now, but I always think about how, I always think about how I'm going to raise my kids and the values that I want them to have and the way I want to raise them, which is like literally crazy. I'm 17, but whatever. I'm I'm thinking very much in the future. And I always think about like, what is social media going to be like when I have kids and how am I going to be able to kind of control that and I think it first comes from how I my kids are going to see how I I act with social media and how and my kids will be a reflection of that so I think that's important to remember do you ever have like any issues because there's a lot of a, social media I feel like is a, a lot of a big pull to se- like secular life is that ever a conflict um I think that it can be but if a, if a family, if a person has a dedication to, to authentic Judaism, then it's not, it won't be as much of a pull. I think that, like you said, like we have Shabbos, we have Yantif, we have built in within our lives the ability to say like, we're not doing this right now. And as you get older, you appreciate that. I think that also in everyday Jewish life, that if kids see their families happy in their Judaism, happy in their practice, uh, in their service of God, the secular world will have less pull on them. Whatever this secular world means and I don't mean like going to secular college because for some people that's the correct thing what I mean is like is focusing on the here and now and not focusing on the bigger picture focusing on my on my own individual needs when I should be focusing on also my family and communal needs focusing on um you know the physical world and not putting any stock in you know spirituality and and God in my life I, I don't think those things will have much of a much of a hold on a person when they're involved with positive Jewish living and, 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 and happy Jewish living through their family, through their school, through their shul, their family being number one, uh, for sure. Um, just listen on social media, like, or through any technological medium whatsoever, are there things which can you know, lead me astray in terms of education, knowledge, um, things that I shouldn't be seeing or hearing mm-hmm. those things exist. And that's, that is something that 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 we need to realize that if we're if we live a way of life committed to something deeper, something more, something that we have to search for and seek, something a tradition that's thousands of year, years old, a belief in that mm-hmm. that this world is not happenstance. That if we believe those things, then all the other things are just they're just illusions. They're just you know. In some ways, social media in its totality sometimes is all an illusion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's all a mirage. It's all like you go grab for it, and it's it was never really there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the highlight reel is just that. It's not real life. It's highlights. Uh, but if I if I'm if I my family is committed 
to the real. If not, if we're, if we're, if we want that, that, like I said in the beginning, like that consciousness of God and the way we, we live in, in our daily life through Torah, through tefillah, through chesed, through those things. So, so then there's not a much of a, of a desire for the other things. There may be, uh, at certain points through life as a person develops, there may be, uh, I'm interested or I'm curious what, what these, what these other things are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of developing as a person. Um, but I think that, that the other things will have a stronger hold. I'm not, I'm not as worried, so to speak, as the specific things seen on social media, as much as that whole notion of just the highlight real portion of life is what we celebrate. That general like sentiment could be far more detrimental to someone's upbringing and growing up than specific things. Like specific things, you can don't look at that, block that, right? That's we can you know you can get around those things. You know what I mean? But the general principle of the matter of of what social media, the 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 negative side of social media and technology can be, that's a thing that that um that I think we need to be concerned with. Mm-hmm. So what is your advice for like practices that people can practice in their life for staying religiously grounded in this age? Um, I think that like with a lot of really good things in life, there has to be moderation. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, which is really hard to do as an adult or as a teen to say like, I'm only spending X amount of time. I know all social media platforms have that like alarm. I'm only getting 30 minutes today, an hour today. Like I know what has all that, but beyond that, because like those things are, are you can get around. Yeah. I mean, like mod- moderating like the amount of time I spend on it, because my my other time is spent doing other things. Not just like okay, no social media. I'm gonna go sit on my couch and just sit there. That's not gonna work. But like being involved with family, with work, with hobbies, with reading, whatever it is. I think that that a person needs to. And we just got through. You know, we're currently going through you know, COVID and we had this quarantine and people picked up a lot of crazy skills and hobbies, like to like lean into that and continue to do that to like, mm-hmm. mo- I think that's, that's an important thing to, to, to moderate how much time you're spending in, in real life, just like how you have to seek out good people in terms of um, who you surround yourself with and who you look up to. I think also in social media, I think that's an important thing as well, right. To seek out, right. These people that you'd want to follow. And I don't mean like be like, beyond your beyond your friends like beyond like you know your classmates obviously you're following them on instagram whatever it is i think that also like seeking out good people to like follow on social media i think that's like also really important i don't know if we you talk about that a lot like i said before isolating is not going to happen with like people on social media so we have to like try our best to like almost like inoculate like to, to try to like help people so if helping people is like finding good people to follow they're incredible scholars on social media to follow there are incredible mediums to follow on social media there is a whole world of jewish twitter that exists which is amazing which i've tried i've been trying to break into for like years now and i'm just it's just not happening for me i'm I'm like trying and like it's not i'm like right at the doorway i'm like really right there but it's not happening um i think that's something really good i think that you know almost like a a like recommended reading list like, I think, like, having, like, a recommended follow list, I think, would be something that could be really, really beneficial for today's students, not only in, in, in like, learning, but also, like, just, like, personalities to, to have in, in, in your life 
as, as a growing Jew in this world, I think it'd be great. I think that, that, that's, um, that's amazing. Um, like the, like the guy right now in, in that, like, I think is a really good example is David Beshevkin. David Beshevkin is like, is this rabbi works for, for the OU mm-hmm. and, um, many people know who he is and he has like a huge, um, like a huge Twitter presence and so much so that he was just named uh, like in a, in, on a list of like, like Jews that are important through his like Twitter presence. Um, and yeah. I think someone like him and he's like, you know, a younger individual that anyone can relate to. I think someone like that in, in a person's life is incredibly, is incredibly uh, important. Mm-hmm. I remember I spoke to Naomi Reichenberg about him. She obviously knows who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, plenty of people in our school, like teachers follow him on Twitter, like, He's just, he's just one of those, mm-hmm. he's just one of those people. I think that if we had like a list of more people like that to give to our students and say like, are you going to be on social media? Like make it worth something educationally, like, like Jewishly. I think that could be really, um, really um, important. And to know like, and it's, I think we all, like I said, I think we all know this and we get it, that know what you're getting into. Meaning social media is not real life in a lot of ways it's an aid to enhance real life right Mm -hmm. to know that like there's a a fakeness and a shallowness that's involved but like you can break through that to find you can break through that shell and find realness real education real connection real people real learning like you could find realness uh but to know like you know there's a lot to break through and and realize as well like like with anything in life, you have to know who you are. You cannot base who you are off what you see on social media, mm-hmm. right? If I'm looking to social media to tell me who I am, what should I believe in? What political stance should I take? What that That's a problem. Social media of like, what should I read? What's out there that's a good article to look at? What's, mm-hmm. you know, what's a good, like, what's a good kosher restaurant to go to? Like, that's great. You use that in like a utilitarian way. But to say to myself, like, who is Moshe Nachbar? Let me go find out on 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 instagram or on facebook or on snapchat or on tiktok that's a problem and i don't think anyone does that intentionally right i don't go to find my identity through this um well there probably are like a few people who do that but i don't i don't think that's our issue but i think it happens almost organically sometimes of like i spend so much time on it not realizing that like this isn't real life and then it affects who i am in my real life um i think that that a person needs to know who they are. Like anytime you, you, you go to someone else to tell you who you are, that's, you know, that's a problem. Like I tell, I've said this story so many times of, of the guy um, who goes to the mikvah and he ties the red string around his toe. So he knows who he is once he gets out of the mikvah. And when he goes to the mikvah and he gets out, the red string is tied around someone else's toe and the guy freaks out. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? And he goes to this other guy and he, and he says, excuse me, sir, I know who you are, but can you tell me who I am, right? Which is like a cute little story of like, you know, identity theft and like not knowing who you are, but so much, so much of our lives is spent sometimes going to this particular artist, influencer, movie, political figure, um, a picture and say like, I know who you are. Can you please tell me who I am, mm-hmm. right? And I based off who I am on this sometimes fake thing that, that exists um, in the world of social media, a person needs to be strong and, and realize that like you, meaning social media, don't necessarily, you aren't telling me who I am. I can find out who I am 
and uh, you know, learn about how to f- find out who I am through these things I'm seeing on social media, but not to define myself by what I see on social media. And that's why it's so important to like, you know, surround yourself with good people in real life and on social media because that that can just aid you into becoming um, who you're supposed to be. So I think in moderation, you know, take time away, mm-hmm. um, seek out good people, good follows, just like you'd want to do in real life. Um, realize that you know, going into it that there's a lot of fake, there's a lot of gunk, there's a, a lot of, you know, um, shell to get through and to know there is realness and to know that like a person, like I'm not, don't go there to define who you are, right? By a picture or this or that mm-hmm. uh, to be, to, to, to develop, um, to be a little stronger than, than that because you live in the real world. I am a real person and social media, you know, is not for, for, for a large percentage of it. Again, mm-hmm. it has incredible um, pros, incredible things are going on. I I mean, I don't want to get anyone confused. I, I love social media. I'm a huge fan of social media, love it. And it, you know who I'm married to and you know yeah, that we, we know love social know. media. So I'm, I would never besmirch social media, but to be able to, to have with the, you know, a, a dose of reality, um, is really important and to not live in like a fantasy world um, of like the highlight reel. Get, you know, real life is, real life has its challenges. Real life is, is tough. Real life has difficulties. And through those challenges and toughness and difficulties, you really find out who you are. And that's what real life is. And that's why real life is really important. Mm-hmm. Through the, you know, facade of social media, sometimes you don't have that grittiness of real life and toughness and challenges. Mm-hmm. And it's a fantasy. And who wouldn't want to live in a fantasy? And mm-hmm that's we have to remember that that's that's not what we're about we're here to progress and to grow and to become great and um i could use social media to do that but i can't get so enveloped in it that like i no longer even know what i'm after anymore or who i want to be because i'm seeing that i want to be them but who are they i don't really know them i just see their picture and they're on a vacation on the beach but like who am i and then i get all confused and you know certainly at an age where i'm figuring out who i am and growing every day uh, there needs to be a certain character like strength of character um as you grow and for adults as well um because we're all going through it uh we're all going through it together mm-hmm. for those of us who are still on social media who would you suggest be on our recommended following list and how can we better educate ourselves religiously through social media oh man who should be your follows in social media i really should have prepared a list beforehand um that's a good question. For sure, David Bashevkin, uh-huh. D-Bash Ideas. Um, <laughs> for sure, he's like, he's a great follow on Instagram. On He's like heavy in the Twitter world. Uh-huh. Um, you should for sure follow me on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. That is, um, that you will be educated. Actually, now you probably <laughs> uh, through my but Twitter. And all. Twitter? I'll, I'll link it in the description. Um, my, my Twitter is at Nachnotes. That's also my Instagram. I wish I get to, I'm far more active on Twitter than I am on Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not, I'm not as famous as, as certain other people, but I'm trying to be. Um, I understand. I should make a list. I'm going to try to make, you know what, I'll try to make a list and send it to you. You can attach it like right. to the recording or something okay. um, in terms of like good, like sticky people to follow and good, like educational people to follow. Uh-huh. Um, it's um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff. All right. um, but yeah. Amazing. So I'll attach Rabbi 
Motion Alfar's re recommended following list for all of you to follow in his footsteps. Um, yes. <laughs> thank you so much. This was an amazing conversation and I hope people really take this to heart because you, you said a lot of valuable stuff. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. For thank you so time. much. This was like the highlight of my rabbinic career. Am I'm I, so am excited. Human, my human career also. And so, um, so this is awesome. I hope to have you back again soon, and I'm sure I will. I am in. The, uh, you got to give the listeners what the listeners want, and like if they want to hear back from me, <laughs> I am. I am. I am thrilled. I'm. I'm down. I'm ready to go. <laughs>